right, welcome back to the big program. Just after 10 o'clock in Edmonton, Kevin Carries along with uh, David Schlemko. Let's welcome in our next guest, a former NHLer, Johnny Boychuk uh, to Sports 1440. Morning, Johnny. You're with uh, Carries and Schlemko. Uh, thanks for coming on. How's it going, big guy? No All good. Just having a morning coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what did you think of the game last night? I think I'm not sure if a lot of people know that you do some work with the Islanders. And uh, what did you make of the game last night, Islanders and Oilers? I thought it was a perfect game to watch for, <laughs> for myself. I thought that's why you guys wanted me on to, you know, celebrate the Islanders' victory, and that's why I thought you guys wanted me to sure be on the radio show today. Of course, it is. That's why, especially. <laughs> now, what What's your exact role? Tell our listeners your exact role with the Islanders, Johnny. Uh, player development, I work with mostly the Bridgeport, so the American League uh, hockey team in Connecticut. I work with the defense there, and then I go up and work with the NHL club as well. Cool. So uh, are you living on the island or in Connecticut? Or are you kind of back and forth? What are you doing there? Well, I'm currently in Patricia Heights in Edmonton, Alberta. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> uh, there you go. I, I, go back and, I go back and forth. Uh you know, I have to be at the Oilers alumni ga- uh, hockey hockey games, yeah. the Shinny games, yeah. uh, a couple times a month. You know, big day. I <laughs> uh, get to see it with Kevin and yeah. try to make him look good, which he usually does. Remember but that? I yeah, go oh, down yeah. there for for ten days out of the month, and then uh, I come come home and watch the games, the the American League games and the NHL games from uh, from my home. Okay. Yeah, you you had me in the trolley tracks that one day, Johnny. How come you let off the gas and didn't want to bury me? Well, you know the wires didn't cross at that moment, <laughs> so I just figured figured I'd let you go. Oh, I appreciate that. Really thankful for that. <laughs> so the defense that uh, the Islanders iced uh, last night because of injuries. I'm sure you're quite familiar with a lot of guys yep. that you know coming up from Bridgeport. Just to touch on uh, how impressed you are, you were and are with a, a lot of these guys that are filling in for injuries. Well, they they're doing a good job. I mean, we made a couple. Uh, we picked up Riley off of waivers, and then uh, we traded for Bertuzzo. So Bertuzzo's been around for a while. Um, a really good uh, stay-at-home defenseman and a you know a vocal leader back there as well. So it's good to to bring both of them up because Riley can skate and you know with injuries and you have all these guys and we got Sammy Bolduc that's uh, you know he's actually stepped his game up pretty good actually um, you know uh, since he's been there the whole year he was a healthy scratch for a little bit and then he got to play. Uh, I mean, under 10 minutes for for a couple of the first games, but now he's getting more responsibility and more more playing time, so it's good to see. Johnny, I really uh, like um, Noah Dobson's game last night and really um, every game I've watched him so far this year. Can you just speak about the emergence of his game a little bit and what's uh, the biggest difference been for him this year? Um, I think they've actually done a good job just with him as a player, you know, his first year, he didn't get to play too much. He was uh, a younger guy, wasn't in the lineup all the time. Um, he got to he, he got to earn his ice time. Where now you've in the NHL, you see where guys just come into the league and they get everything given to them. Right. And and then once they do have a little bit of trouble, you take it away, which would ruin somebody's confidence especially when they're 
when they're that young and coming into the league. So they've done a good job by building him up where they're not just giving him everything all the time and he's actually had to earn it. And through the last couple of years, he's got more responsibility. He's actually doing the PK, which before he wouldn't be on the penalty kill. Now he's on the PK. He's running the power play. He's making little breakout passes. He's he's doing the right things at the right times. And he's getting a lot of more responsibility and he's benefiting from all the playing time. I mean, since uh, there was a couple games um, a couple weeks ago where one one defenseman went down, another one went down, and he had to play like 27 minutes. So, like, he's doing a good job and it's it's nice to see somebody that has not just been given everything and making the most of every opportunity. Former, former NHLer Johnny Boychuk, our guest on Sports 1440. Kevin Carius, David Schlemko on a Wednesday morning. Uh, Johnny, when you, and again, Johnny is also working in player development on defense with the Islanders and in Bridgeport. So uh, what do you make of uh, Alexander Romanov? So this has been a pairing again with Dobson that just, these two guys are just playing so well together. Why Why do you think that is? Uh, well, they're both the same age. I mean, their birthdays are within one day or 24 hours oh. of each other. So that helps with, uh, with our team going forward for the future as well. And um, when we first got uh, Romy, uh, he was kind of sporadic in the D zone and he would be rushing out everywhere. And like, he was just, his intensity is just always there. Wants to hit, wants to like, it's just, he's always going, but you had to settle him down a little bit and calm him down. And now that he's been doing that, his game has gotten better defensively. And with Noah being the more offensive guy, it's a good complementary pair. Hmm. He seems incredibly strong for his size, too, Romanov. Am I correct oh, on yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, last year, I think he he made a hit against, uh, I think it was Miles Wood uh, against Jersey. And Wood was cutting across the ice and I think when Romy hit him Wood went it was like a like a, a anime film where the guy just stops and then just goes backwards in midair it was <laughs> it was unbelievable and I just started laughing and I talk about it with him all the time and his he is very, he's very strong and his energy is always there and he's always happy at the rink. It's nice to see where he's always smiling, always always having fun at the rink. Because sometimes you when you you see guys, it's their job, yes, but it's nice to see people enjoying themselves and smiling all the time and having fun. Johnny, like, yeah, go ahead, sorry, Schlemmer, go ahead. You always like having fun in the room, hey, Johnny? <laughs> well, yeah, you need to. It's like you can't be a, a stiff in the room, I guess. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you got to be. You got to have some life in the room for sure, Johnny. So, yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, we had a question. We do an in or out segment. We just had it uh, just before you came on, and the Duke of Delbert came up with this question: When fully healthy, the Islanders' defense is a top five in the NHL. So, I'm sure you would yeah. go and agree with that. But um, do you think you can get healthy here? And uh, what do you do with all these guys that are coming up and filling in nicely too? So, Well, I mean, you have, you have all these D's. So it's going to be, it's going to be a tough choice for uh, management to make on what's going to happen with these players. Uh, good problem to have though. Have, eh? <laughs> yeah. It's a good, it's a good problem to have. And I mean, 
you have you still have guys that are in the minors that actually can play in the NHL as well. So, I mean, it's a good problem to have, but it's going to be interesting to see what what's going to happen once everybody is healthy. Because I mean, at some point everybody is going to be healthy, and you're going to have a plethora of D that are good defensemen. So it's yeah. a good problem to have, but I'm glad that I don't have to make any of those choices. <laughs> uh, uh, Johnny Boychuk with us on Sports 1440. Johnny, you had a, a just a excellent NHL career. I'm sure the highlight would be the Stanley Cup in Boston. Just kind of run us through uh, that playoff run and your time in Boston before we get to the Islanders when you played there. Well, we, I, me and my me and my wife just loved loved Boston. You know, we uh, it was my first you know team that I played with. Um, you know, we're still a tight group with our team that we won with. Even the guys that we didn't win with that you played with, you're still in contact with them. You know, maybe not like every week, but at least once a month or every second month, you talk to guys that. Um, you played with and were like we uh, were were more or less all brothers because mm-hmm. when we won that Stanley Cup, it was it, it didn't really matter on who scored the goal or who made the play. Everybody was just in it for the end goal, which we did win. And you know, it's something you'll never forget. And it was just a excellent moment for me my wife and my teammates and i'm sure everybody can agree it was probably one of their one of their highlights of their lives besides getting married right schlemmer and yeah. Having kids. yeah you betcha <laughs> oh they say they always say you remember the guys you win with right and uh, all the other years kind of just start to just mesh together um, I, I kind of want to go back a little further before we get to the island, Johnny. Um, it took you a little bit to break through the NHL. I think you had three, four years in the minors maybe. Um, can you just speak a little bit about kind of what it took you to get over that hump? Well, I mean, I was drafted by Colorado um, in the second round. And then, uh, you know, I was I played in Hershey and Lowell with Colorado and Albany and Cleveland, all of Colorado. (laughs) And when I was in, uh, when I was in the minors, they, after my second year, after Lowell, they wanted me to play forward. Perfect. I I mean, I'm not really like, I did whatever the coach wanted me to do and, or the organization. So I did it. And then I, yeah, I just played forward in defense. And when the game was, it was weird because in the third period, whenever we were either up a goal or down a goal, they would want me to go back and play defense. So it's kind of <laughs> conflicting on where my personal game was going because you're playing forward for the first two periods. And for me, I didn't really, don't really, I'm not really a scorer as a forward obviously, and I would just tip the puck, go and hit people, and then you fight people. So that's what we would be doing. And then in the third period, I'd go back and play either uh, power play on defense or shut down D. So it was really conflicting for, for me as a player. So at the end of the year in, in I think it was Cleveland, um, I told them that uh, I wouldn't be coming back if they seen me as a forward because I was going to go play over in Russia because at that time I was like 24 I'm playing forward Um, I don't want to but I said 
if you see me as a Ford, I, I, would, I would appreciate it if you trade me. So then they traded me to Boston, and Don Sweeney actually phoned me. And uh, he goes, hey, welcome to the organization. I'm like, okay, well, first off, did you trade me as a forward or a defense? <laughs> Obviously, right? Because I don't want to play forward anymore. So he goes, no, we traded you as a defense. And I'm like, okay, I'll stay. I'll come and play in Providence. And uh, then I went and played in Providence, and I played the full year down there. Well, I think I might have got called up once, but it was just one of those uh, get called up to be a seventh D-man and got sent down like maybe two days later. Yeah. And uh, I won the Eddie Shore Award for... Uh, best defenseman because I think mm-hmm. I might have had close to 70 points in the minors I forget yeah. close to around there so it was a really good year for me and um, that summer I was like some kind of different kind of free agency where you're under you're you're over a certain age and you haven't played as, uh, all the games in the NHL like a certain amount of games so you're basically a free agent and I think every team in the NHL offered me a two-way deal, which I turned down. And then uh, Boston offered me my first one-way deal. Mm. And that's uh, where I ended up going. And um, I think the first half a year, I was healthy scratch because we had a lot of D that were really good. And I remember going down to play uh, uh, conditioning stints. Um, and it was after the second game that I played, they were playing, the uh, Boston Bruins were playing Montreal, and they were down, like, I think 5-1 or something like that in the second period. And uh, Don Sweeney drove me to, I think it was Laval or somewhere around there, and we were driving back, and he goes, yeah, you're playing tomorrow. Uh, uh, be ready. So I played that game. I think I, I, think I scored a goal that game, and uh, I never got out of the lineup again. Awesome. And then you end up winning the Cup in uh, 2011, and what a thrill it must have yep. been for you. Uh, Johnny Boychuk, our guest on Sports 1440. I want to just zip to the Islanders, and um, I remember when it happened, because we were we had a lot of it uh, when I was working at Global, when you unfortunately took the skate to the I three years yep. or so ago, but you sent out a tweet that night. And just it just yeah. shows you what kind of uh, what kind of uh, sense you know the, the the type of person you are. I'm just going to read it quickly, Johnny. It says thanks to everyone for the positive messages, thoughts. I'm extremely grateful. Please know they did not go unheard. Luckily for me, the skate only cut my eyelid. Sorry for the late response. Facial recognition wasn't working. Uh, thank yeah. you again, my friends. Well, it wasn't. So, uh, I mean, it th- wasn't. It must have been you such a scary eye patch on. Yeah, must have been such a scary thing for you and. And uh, just kind of just talk about that, you know, what happened that night and uh, how you ended up getting through everything. Um, I mean, it was, it's just a freak accident. Like, it's been actually happening um, more and more now. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like, you see guys getting cuts on the face or on the, uh, I don't even want to talk yeah. about it because it's just unfortunate. But, like, that night, it, like, as soon as it happened, I just looked down and see red everywhere obviously <laughs> and uh i just went into the in, like i covered my eye went to the room and uh, i couldn't really see too much out of that eye but uh that happened and then i was uh i had i think it was 100 stitches in my eye which i already had eye surgery on that i uh my first year because i took a one-timer to my temple so that didn't help so I put, uh, I think it was 100 stitches in my eye and then 10 more on my face. Mm. Um, and then 
you know, you don't really think, well, you just want to get back to playing. Didn't have any exams done. And uh, up until when I actually did went and got all my exams done, but it was during COVID. So nothing was really open. And I was about to play. I think it might've been my first game would have been in Edmonton, but we were in Calgary and COVID hit and everything got shut down. Mm-hmm. So then was getting back to playing for, to go into the bubble, just worrying about getting my shape into, into shape, not really paying attention to like anything really, except for getting ready to play in the bubble. And then I got hit in uh, against New York and I thought it was a dirty hit. wasn't. It was the pre- a preseason game, like our first preseason game or into the bubble. Mm-hmm. And I fought the guy. And then the next day, I it, it was uh, we were playing Florida in playoffs and I got hit and the guy was coming straight on and I could, did not see him. So after the bubble my wife was sitting there and she's like, Johnny, how didn't you see him? And I said, well, I can't see you right now. (laughs) That that, uh, made me go to the doctor and get a bunch of tests done. And uh, uh, then that was that. Hmm. And yeah. But how are things now then Johnny for you? Um, I mean, it's, it's not bad day to day. Um, You know, you can see for the most part, most things, but um, there's still there's still part of my vision that isn't there, as you could probably tell on the uh, scrimmages, Kevin. <laughs> my pass, some of my passes go nobody when I think somebody should be there, but oh, I can't man. see him. So so don't uh, don't make fun of me too much when we're on the ice together. Oh, well, you're, you're one of the best guys that come out for the alumni skates, uh, Johnny. Uh, uh, really, no, it's fun. yeah, really appreciate your time this morning. Uh, I look forward to seeing you again. Uh, soon in the new year at, at a next alumni skate but uh, best uh, wishes and happy holidays to you and your family over the Christmas season here and uh, maybe we'll we'll bump into you at the old Safeway there as we often do there absolutely <laughs> I'll see you there okay thanks Johnny. thanks Johnny thanks a lot for coming on thanks for having me that's Johnny Boychuk former NHLer a developmental coach with the New York Islanders and Stanley Cup champion. Uh, I never gets tired of hearing that. When we come back, uh, Greg Wyshynski from ESPN and our puck report that's coming up right after the break. Uh, Karius Schlemko on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for the Puck Report, brought to you by Fountain Tire. And Fountain Tire is helping you stay on the road safely with flexible payment plans to suit your needs. Talk to your local store about their uh, financing options. You can learn more at FountainTire.com as we welcome in Greg Wyshynski back to the program from ESPN. Greg, you're with Kevin Carries, David Schlemko. Welcome back to Sports 1440. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for coming on. And uh, I guess your most recent article, and again, it's a way too early edition for the uh, trade tier rankings in 23-24, which is, uh, again, with the uh, roster freeze, it gives you a kind of time to, I guess, uh, refocus and, and look at some guys. But at the top of your list, or at the top of the article anyway, you call it the Steven Stamkos tier. Can you expand on that? Because that's a pretty high tier, isn't it? It's the highest tier we have this year. <laughs> Last year we had a lot of uh, folks that were potentially on the move that were big names. You know, Eric Carlson, Bo Orvat, uh, Jacob Chikrin, a lot of them that did move. The Stankos one is interesting only because it's not the first time that he's been in this position. If you remember back in 2016, 
He was without a contract. He was looking at unrestricted free agency. The Lightning uh, GM at the time, Steve Eiserman, actually had to put out a statement to say we are not trading Steven Stamkos just to like bring the heat down a little bit on the on the speculation. So, you know, he, he doesn't have a deal for next year. Uh, Julianne Brisebois, GM, has talked about the idea of like addressing his contract situation within the context of the team's roster going forward and what the needs are. So, you know, the Lightning right now are, are in contention. Um, if it remains that way, you expect them to to stay there. If they somehow falter or if it doesn't look like they're going to re-sign them, I mean, the possibility exists that they are not going to let Steven Stamkos walk away for nothing. Oh, where, where, if you if you had a little crystal ball here, and again, if Tampa Bay falls out of things, there's a lot of ifs going on here, uh, Greg. But man, where could you see him landing? Well, I mean, there's there's two teams right now that have Stanley Cup aspirations that both have a want and a need for a center. Uh, one is Colorado and one is Boston. And you know, in, in Boston's case, that's a division rival. I'm not quite sure how the dynamics would would work there uh you probably don't want steven samko's uh, in your division necessarily but who knows uh, what happens if you if you let him walk and then in colorado's case like i talk about in the article today you know they they, they have that that need for a second line uh center behind nathan mckinnon i mean ryan johansson i think they're okay with but i, I think they they'd prefer to have a little bit uh, of an upgrade there uh they've certainly coveted elias lindholm from the calgary flames if he's available as being the, the kind of 200-foot player they'd like to have in that position. But, I mean, if, if Steven Stamkos is available and they've got the, the, the means to somehow fit him within their salary structure, I, that's the kind of splash that, uh, that they, like to, they like to make in Colorado. Oof. So, Greg, what does Tampa need to do to re-sign Stamkos? I remember the last contract, he, he kind of took a little bit less maybe than was what was out there with uh, Florida having no state tax. Is it going to have to be something like that again, or what's their cap situation looking like? Well, it's less the cap situation than it is what they see as far as roster needs go. I mean, that that's kind of the the whole game right now for them. Is the, You could tell at the beginning of the season that Brisebois – was sort of hinting at the idea of this team not maybe not being up to the same quality of cup contender that they've had in the past. And I think anyone who's seen the attrition on that roster of guys leaving through the years, whether it's, you know, the, the Tyler Johnsons or the Yanni Gords or the Blake Coleman's or, you know, that whole group that kind of was their great supporting cast. And also guys like Ryan, Ryan McDonough, for example, who was such yeah. a key to, you know, helping out uh, the headman on the blue line. Um, they've lost so much through the last couple of years in those championship teams that I think Breezewise is more like we have to maybe address these these holes, these needs, you know, find that other great defenseman that can ha- have you uh, stabilize the blue line and play the other half of the game that Edmund doesn't play. Um, so it's less about, about the cap situation than it is how they want to allocate the money. And then it comes back to, well, Stephen, how bad do you want to finish your career in Tampa? <laughs> yeah, that's really what it comes right. down to is, we're going to have a certain amount of money. Uh, we have to allocate it to other places. And if you're okay paying, playing at the price point that we want to pay, by all means, you know, retire a member of the Lightning. If not, then you may have to think about some other you – might, you might have to become the next Patrick Kane, for example, to use a, a recent example. Well, that's where it helps them in Florida, too, with the no-state tax, right? Yeah. Um, oh, rip, for sure. Yeah. And, and, and it helps, it helps in, in signing other guys, too, and, and certainly, like you said, uh, retaining them as they've been able to do through the years. Greg Wyshynski, our guest uh, from ESPN on Sports 1440, Kevin Carius and uh, David Schlemko. You've got many tears in your article uh, because <laughs> there's a lot of tears to go through, but a lot of people in Edmonton, I think, uh, Greg, would be kind of looking at 
the goaltender tier a little bit more maybe than others. Uh, can you kind of run through a couple of names that you could possibly see being uh, on the move as far as goaltenders go uh, in coming up in the new year? Well, yeah, I spoke to my colleague Kevin Weeks recently, and, and he said, you know, not only because he's a former goalie, but because of just where the market is right now, that his his full attention is on the goalie market. And if you look at the article, there's like a dozen names of guys that could potentially move, uh, especially from those teams that you may be counting out of contention right now. I mean, I've, I've heard San Jose's two goalies could be in play. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood's been pretty okay this year. Uh, obviously, Vimelka from the Arizona Coyotes is someone who a lot of people – uh, have looked at for the last couple of years because his contract is, is is so good under the cap and and he plays pretty well and then you look at Montreal's situation where they've they've clearly you know decided that Montembeau is going to be the guy they want going forward getting him that extension which means a guy like Jake Allen could be potentially available and you know he's a guy who's been a starter in the past and and certainly has been an accomplished goalie and and could certainly stabilize somebody's situation the only guy that's really like a, a bona fide number one starter guy that could be available is, is Gibson from the Anaheim mm-hmm. Ducks. You know, Hallibuck resigned in Winnipeg and it doesn't seem like the Predators are really all that, uh, have all that much of an appetite to trade sorrow. So with those guys off the board, uh, Gibson's the only guy that's really there. And it comes back to one, do you think this, uh, bounce back that he's had this year is real? Uh, and then two, um, can you fit in that contract? Because it certainly goes on for a few more years, and at uh, over six million a year against the cap, it's a tough one to fit in if the if the Ducks don't take a chunk of it. Mm-hmm. So great with there being so many goalies in play. Do you think um, maybe it might be a little bit easier for the Oilers to pick up like a depth goalie, a backup for maybe fewer assets than normal? In th- in theory, but I mean the good ones are still going to have the most the most play, and and the, the fact of the matter is is that you know it's it, it, it's weird. Like you have a lot of teams with goalies that are available, but then you also have a lot of teams that need them. I mean, like the mm-hmm. the Oilers, True. the Devils. You know, there's more than a few teams right now that certainly are looking to add something to their crease, and and I think part of that too is is sort of the change in mindset in this league away from having that guy that plays you know sixty some odd games to doing it more. Uh, not only a, as a tandem, but also kind of stealing the idea from the Golden Knights last year, who you know threw like five goalies at their problem until Aiden Hill emerged and and, and took the crease and led them to the cup. So you, you're looking at teams like LA and 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 maybe the Devils are in that that category too. They're just trying to find as many bodies as they can and hoping that they can find uh, a guy to play competently uh, for long enough that they can a make the playoffs and, and b challenge for the cup. Greg Wyshynski with us on Sports 1440. Uh, You've got uh, several tiers, again, in this article. Uh, You can check it out on uh, ESPN.com if you haven't uh, to our listeners. But you could have a whole tier just with the Calgary Flames, Greg. I mean, mean, (laughs) what's going to happen there, you think? It's a great question. I mean, I still think it comes down to who wants to stay. Um, I I think... You know, there's there's you know they're still grinding out trying to find if if Lynn Holm can stay. They're still grinding and trying to find if if Hannafin can stay. I, I think you know of Han of Noah Hannafin and 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 Tanev and and uh, Elias Lindholm of those three. Lindholm, I think, obviously brings back the greatest return. Um, you know, he's he's a really good center, and he's the kind of center that a a championship team looks at and says that's a guy that can hold down the fort both ends of the ice. Um, and, and the quintessential second line guy on a, on a championship squad. Um, but Tanev is a really interesting uh, asset, too, in the sense that there always seem to be those guys that are on the blue line that are bangers and physical guys and grit and character guys that 
that go around the deadline and, and actually bring back a decent return because the teams that are contending take a long look at, at what they have and what they need, and they, and they always kind of settle on. We need a little bit more, you know, snarl back there, and, and Tanev certainly fits the bill. So I, he, he could actually fetch a pretty decent return for them, I think, based on how many teams might be looking for something like that on the rule line. I think Elias Lindholm is super yeah. underrated. He's going to be a huge pickup if he goes anywhere. Big time two way oh, player. Sure. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, and, and like I said, Colorado's looked at him. Boston certainly has looked at him through the years as well. So it's it's going to just come down to uh, whether he decides like <laughs> like a few mm-hmm. players in Calgary have in the last couple of years that it's time to move on. Uh, then, then the market swings wide open, and there's going to be more than a few suitors for him. Greg Wyshynski with us from ESPN on the uh, Kevin Carey Show with our co-host on Wednesdays, David Schlemko. Uh, Greg, you're one of the hockey insiders along with the likes of Frank Cervalli, Chris Johnston, uh, Pierre Lebrun, Darren Dreger. We can go up and down uh, the list, Elliot Friedman, and a lot of talk uh, this morning with Yarmar Yager uh, making his uh, debut in the 23-24 season at 51 years old. So wow. he's going to play for Cladno. It's his uh, first game of the year. Um just your thoughts on that. And then I guess the other aspect is a lot of people have been writing on it this morning just about going into the Hockey Hall of Fame that he will not be uh, technically eligible for, you know, the four years after till 2027. Um, just your thoughts on, on Yager, his, uh, his uh, you know, that he keeps going at this age and then what will happen down the road if that ever gets lifted? <laughs> yeah, like... I've seen I've seen some people rallying for like the exceptional status yeah. thing for Yager to waive the waiting period, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, we've done that in the past, you know, for for I think Gretzky got it done, and and maybe maybe they did it for Mario I as think well, Mar- and, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, they, they've done it sometimes for for health considerations and stuff. But like, this is a guy that just decided he's going to keep playing into his fifties. Like, uh-huh. I I know that he's great, and I know he's a Hall of Famer, but I I just feel like. You know, the wa- waving it just because a guy feels the need to keep playing because he wants the team he owns to be financially viable is uh, is not a, a, a salient reason to fast track the guy into the Hall of Fame. He'll be there. That's He's fair. fine. It's going to be a great time when he gets in there. I'm super happy that he and the Penguins have reconciled to the point where he's going to get his number retired this year and, and we can really revisit how important he was to that franchise but I, you know sometimes my writer friends like get, get behind a cause <laughs> yeah. and, and they just feel like we need to rally to, to a cause and like there's, a, there's like a hundred different you. causes I can think that I'm going to rally to before let's yeah. make sure Yager doesn't have to wait because he, he <laughs> simply can't stop playing hockey <laughs> I get you Greg I get you um, hey, were you ever at a game or did you ever cover anything with the traveling Yagers? I I met him once when they were when they were I think when he was in Philly okay. uh, I I met the traveling Yagers once and it was a really I mean obviously like it's such a, a cool gimmick a cool concept mm-hmm. and and the right player I mean that's the one thing about about Yager like there's been few and far between the players in this league that, that I've seen that inspired you know a cult of personality behind them uh, I think Hashik was one of them you know where you'd get this, these, these people that were just obsessed with with how he played and who he was. And then Yager was another one. And, um, you know, the phases of Yager, I I made a joke on our podcast to drop recently Mm -hmm. about how, you know, Yager is almost like uh, the Taylor Swift Eras tour. You you had the (laughs) mulleted Yager back in the Penguin phase. And you had, you know, the disappointment Yager with the the Capitals. You had the KHL Yager. Then you had the Rangers Yager. And then towards the end of his career, he became kind of like a Jedi. Like, I remember covering him and, 
in in Philly and like the the awe that players had in that locker room with how he prepared and who he was and what he accomplished it was kind of this this like hockey Jedi vibe that he had going on towards the end of his career yeah I remember that when I was playing like I think he had a key to the rink that no one else had he'd come in there at night and work out and had his weight (laughs) vest and skating Uh with ankle weights at night yeah, and, and it would be an inspiration. Like, I remember talking to Claude Giroux about that, about, like, when they played together. I'm like, what did you pick up from Yager? And he's like, I, I picked up the fact that I'd come here at, at any hour of the day and see him run on the <laughs> stairs in the arena. You know? <laughs> I'm like, kidding, yeah. It's, oh, yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's, it really was just remarkable. And, and again, to his credit, uh, it, the longevity of his career is, is one of the, the more fascinating aspects of his entire life. Um, and he certainly found a way to, to keep it going um, and and – Look, towards the end of his career in the NHL, it was kind of sad. I mean, the, the Calgary Yager was not one I want to remember. Um, but, but he certainly, you know, can still, you know, lace him up and get out there. And, and that's, uh, that's a tribute to him. He's still putting up points in Florida. It, yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, he's putting up points in Cladno still. <laughs> 51. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, not, boy. Not sure what, the, what, 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 what tier uh, we, we place Cladno in. I don't in know the, uh, either, yeah. The overall global hockey. Uh, but it, listen, it, it, just to get out there and do what he does. And, and still, again, like the, the, the reason he does it is because he wants that team to not get relegated and to, to continue to be a success mm-hmm. and, and take so much pride in, in that community. And I think that's, that's a real asset. Hey, Greg, thanks so much for joining us. Have you got any cooking over the holiday season? Do you, is there something special you might be working on? Or do you, I mean, is there anything world junior wise, something like that, uh, that you might want to let our listeners know? Well, I mean, no. I'm, 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 I, we have a couple of podcasts coming out that are that are cool, uh, including one tomorrow uh, where we're going to have uh, Marie Philippe Poulain on to uh, talk about the new women's league and just how miserable she makes me as an American by constantly beating us <laughs> in Olympics. <laughs> and then next week we have a really cool edition of our podcast to drop on the uh, Winter Classic uh, and the history of it and also the one coming up. But mostly for me, it's... Uh, I'm taking my kid to a couple devil games Ooh. in the next couple of days. Uh, nice. right. We'll see. You going to see the Oilers then? See Connor. Huh? You going to see the Oilers on on uh, tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Great. She's, she's, it's her first time seeing Connor live. Oh, uh, so, uh, you know, I, I will be uh, not in the press box. I'll be drinking a beer and watching oh. them too. So it'll be a, a good time. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. So, well, enjoy the holiday season, Greg. Thanks for this. I appreciate you coming on a few times so far since we started in September, and we'll talk to you in the new year. Uh, Best of the season to you. Thanks, Greg. You got it. Thanks for having me. That's Greg Wyshynski uh, from ESPN and our puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Head to uh, fountaintire.com to check out their winter tire lineup and brand offerings. Man, we've had, like, you know, between Frank. Frank gets, he goes, you know, he watches the Oilers in Philly. Now we've got Greg gets to watch the Oilers in New Jersey. We've had quite a few contributors that have been able to see the Oilers on the road. Uh, Your base is covered. Oh, and all defensemen. I think Greg Greg was an old defenseman. He must be. He sounds smart. Oh, yeah. Johnny, yourself. I mean, (laughs) uh, I think, you know what we'll do? We got a text from Victor, and we'll probably have to get the uh, audio ready, Duke, for that after the break. How's that sound? Uh, we'll get the uh, Victor. We'll read your text and we'll get the audio as well. That when when texts like this come in, especially at this time of the year, the Christmas spirit, and our friend Victor. So uh, that's coming up uh, right after the break on the Kevin Carey Show with David Schlemko on Sports fourteen forty. Stay with us.
So we were talking about Beverly Mahood earlier, Canadian singing icon, country legend superstar. I thought this would, could have been Beverly Mahood, but Duke says no way. And and who? Sugarland? What? The band Sugarland. Yeah. Uh, this is the the half of it. Jennifer Nettles. Oh, she yeah. also very prom, prominent duet with a Bon Jovi uh, a number of years back. Really, Schlemmer? Any sniff on this? No, no. Nope. Sugarland, you gotta have a. Oh, like, Sugarland! I've heard of Sugarland. Yeah, they, they were pretty big for a good stretch. Her and their uh, guitar playing partner with the Fedora. <clears throat> and, What's the Bon Jovi song? Uh, who says you can't go home? Oh, it's a banger. Oh yeah, I know that one. Uh, text coming in to one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. This is from Snarly. Uh, this is good because uh, it goes, hey, Kevin, funny story. We were talking about Beverly Mahood. That I'd like to hear one of her Christmas songs. Come on. Uh, hey, Kevin, funny story about Beverly Mahood. My hometown of Hines Creek, six hours north or so, they somehow got her to perform for a dance. The problem was they misspelled her name on all the posters in town as Beverly Manhood. <laughs> 14-year-old me figured it was comedy gold. Cheers. From Snarly. Snarly. Yeah. Uh, Texture Victor, and th- this is Playbook Vic. Is this the same dude uh, that we've had fun with over the months? I do believe so, yeah. Okay. Uh, so this is uh, Playbook Vic, I assume, or Victor. Uh, he's offered a trade proposal because we had just had Greg Wyshynski on talking about goaltenders and things like that. Here's uh, Victor's uh proposal. If the Oilers can figure out to move Campbell's, Jack Campbell's full contract and bring in Gibson from Anaheim with 1.4 million retained per year, overpay in futures prospects, get it done. Gibson and Skinner would be a Stanley Cup tandem. Uh, You have it for this season and the next couple. Well, you know, that kind of reminds me of our good friend George Costanza from Seinfeld Trader Vic. Anyway, as I was lying in the puddle, I, I think I may have found a way for us to get Bonds and Griffey, and we wouldn't have to give up that much. Well, don't tell it to me, George. Tell it to the new assistant to the general manager. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, just yeah, don't in. have to give up that much. Bonds and Griffey. Throw in Hamblin for Zigris while you're at it, too. <laughs> uh, Tony has a text for Dave at one 401 Does Dave still watch his Medicine Hat Tigers? Uh, what does he think of the team's surprise run to the top of the league you know what i don't get a chance to watch too many games but i do follow them uh in the standings obviously and love to see my old team climbing the standings they've had a couple tough years the last couple in their rebuild so nice to see them uh, getting better and nice to see gavin mckenna mm-hmm. gavin mckenna taking off here yeah. he's going to be a special player uh, what about Willie Desjardins? I mean, he's an Love old coach Willie. here, so Willie's been there. It's kind of another tour of duty for Willie. Yeah, Willie. Uh, Willie's a perfect junior coach. I think he just hmm. he has a knack for just the way he talks to young men at that age and kind of motivates them and instills that self belief. And uh, I'm a I'm a huge Willie Desjardins fan at the junior level. What is it about? So Willie, he coached in the NHL for many years as well, Vancouver. As a head man and things like that. Why does his uh, message resonate more to junior hockey players? You know, I think he just, he's so competitive. He wants to win more than anybody, and he's willing to kind of do anything to get that win, you know. I think maybe at the pro level, it's almost like it's a job, like... (laughs) 
You know, we were talk, talking about that one story on the Dallas bench with the anthem, and you wanted mm-hmm. everyone to yell stars. <laughs> <laughs> Rivera's the only one who did it. I mean, it's just, it's kind of stuff like that. Um, like, I remember when I was in junior, I didn't think I had a sniff of making the NHL, mm-hmm. and Willie would be down there in the room telling me, oh, come in and work out every day. You know, you could play in the NHL. It's only a $600,000 difference from the minors. And, <laughs> you know, at the time, I'm just thinking, like, oh, yeah, right. Wouldn't that be nice? But he he finds a way to kind of instill that belief in, in young junior players. So Oilers uh, with a practice day today will play tomorrow in New Jersey. Uh, Greg Wyshynski is going to the game and then uh, wrap up the preseason schedule before the pre-Christmas schedule, pardon me, before uh, uh, the 25th when they play the Rangers on Friday. Uh, Also tonight, the Bakersfield Condors are in action taking on the Wranglers. So we've had, okay, so Jack Campbell went down. Had a rough two, three games. Came back, played okay for two, three games, but now has been below par for two, three games. At what point, as an organization, are you going, what are we doing here? And we've got Olivier Rodrigue not playing because the message from above is saying you got to play Jack Campbell. He's got to find his game. Right. Where's the direction here? Uh I think they have to be at the point where they're ready to cut ties. I mean, how many opportunities has he had, right? He had an opportunity last year. He had an opportunity this year where he started the first game. They thought he won the job back in camp. They're patient with him at the start. They send him down. He's still playing bad. I I think they're buying him out at the end of the year. As a coach at the start of the year, let's just go back to game number one. And even Ken Holland did say Jack Campbell had way more competition in preseason than Stuart Skinner. He deserves to get that opening night start. But as a coach, do you go, I might lean towards Jack Campbell because my GM, who ultimately, along with Jeff Jackson, fired me, my GM made that trade. He made a big splash a year prior. He's one of the biggest free agent signings the team has had. Do I feel that I have to kind of lean towards what the GM is thinking? Does that happen? I'm not sure. You'd have to ask a coach, but I think so. I think that would just be human nature. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah. He's he's the older guy. He's a veteran guy. You've signed him to a five-year deal. You're paying him a bunch of money. So I think, obviously, you do lean that way at the start of the year. You know, Skinner had a great rookie year, and you're hoping he can just kind of help out, right? Play that, be that 30, 35-game guy and hope that Campbell found his form. But obviously, that didn't happen. Around the hockey world, the World Junior Team, Canada's World Junior Team, blasted uh, the Denmark Under-25 Team 8 nothing. Uh, we'll play host Sweden in Gothenburg and then the Americans uh, on Saturday to close out the pre-tournament schedule. How much do you watch the World Juniors? Do you still, and I mean, here's the other thing. Still love it. Still love it. And the yeah. games are on early, early. So what do you, do you get up early? Do you, what, do you, what do you do? I don't get up early anymore for the 6 a.m., 5 a.m. games, but I still watch every game. Um, Every game. Yeah, I still watch it. Like, I'm just as excited as when I was a kid watching it. Do you watch the other? Because now, I mean, TSN broadcasts all the games. 
do you find yourself if the U.S. is playing? Yeah, I'll watch a little bit. Yeah, I'll watch yeah. a little bit if they're if it's like the U.S. and a good team. Mm-hmm. I don't really like watching the Latvia get blown out twelve yeah. nothing, but it's uh, it's an awesome tournament. The kids are so hungry. It's uh, it's the biggest stage they've ever been on. It's crawling with NHL scouts. It's uh, it's just a great event. <laughs> It's playbook, Vic. Sorry. <laughs> Can you change my moniker in the system? <laughs> and KK left out. Yeah, there was a part I left out, Vic. Uh, and uh, he goes, don't need Zegers, Schlemmer. Laugh out loud. <laughs> but whatever it takes to get it done. B- Broberg, Borgo, two firsts. Get it done in your opinion. No! I was reading uh, this morning that Broberg's stock is going way up as he's been playing in the minors. There's a lot of suitors for him coming up lately. Uh, I don't know. Oh, here I was gonna say L Nate again, it, or no E I Nate Employment Insurance Nate. God, <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that Nate again. I it just the way it comes up. I wish there was a way I could uh, yeah. put the E with the like. I don't even think it's the proper way to do it, but just put like a little tilde on top yeah. of the E, so then we know it's L Nate or something. El Nino or something. <laughs> uh, I, am I dreaming? El uh, Nate says, or did Toronto? Uh, didn't Toronto give Jack Campbell a three-week leave of absence when he was going through? Same thing there. Is there an avenue for LTIR due to mental health? I, I don't even know about that. Gregor would know. Mental midget. Uh, well, I, <laughs> honestly, don't know. Um, I, I don't think so. But uh, that could be a question you could send into Gregor this afternoon. He there knows. He knows. A, he knows a lot more. Huge uproar around the league if they tried to well, pull everyone, that. Every, I mean, everyone would go right. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you're one. having a tough day. Yeah, the floodgates would open on that yeah, one. I just don't think there's a possibility at all, right? Well, anyone who got buried in the minors could you play that card. Yeah, so. Uh, Schlemmer, what do you got on tap here? So you're you're going to hang around here for a few days, and then you're heading back to the hat for... Yeah, uh, Christmas around town here with all my families from yeah, uh, the Edmonton area. Yep. And then my better half is uh, from mm. down in southern Alberta in Medicine Hat, so I'll be heading there for a few nights. Gonna enjoy uh, the family down in the hat. Oh yeah, <laughs> you bet. Uh, <laughs> oh, beautiful, beautiful. Um, well, enjoy the holiday season, Schlemmer. How about you? What are you up to? Uh, I'm gonna head back to Saskatchewan on Friday, right after the show. So I'm gonna miss beautiful. the company Christmas party between. Yeah, don't the- forget, Dave. Uh, it's oh, yeah. 1440 Christmas party on Friday at Bubblegum Shrimp. All right. <laughs> Do you know who's going? Him and Connor. No, that's it. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's it. I think um, Sean Brown's a maybe. <laughs> Soft maybe. All right. <laughs> there are no maybes. It's all. Yeah, do or do not. Yeah. There is no try. Holy cow. Could you imagine <laughs> that party at Bubba Gump on Friday? Well, the more the merrier. It's a pretty lame party. We just meet Connor. But if we get the whole the whole gang in the mix. I'm going over to get some shrimp for the, the uh, potluck. Oh, well, there you go. Why not? Just a bucket? Well, I don't know. I've, do they have? I'm sure they have I'm, like a family pack of. I've just never been popcorn there. shrimp or something. Sorts. Like, don't you want for a pot? Like, you want something like a popcorn shrimp? Yeah, that yeah. would be better. I not, went not there. Like a shrimp uh, cocktail not going, I'm not bringing in ten lobster tails over to the. <laughs> I went there at the airport in Mexico last year. They got lots of different shrimp buckets and all sorts of stuff you could bring for a potluck. Yeah. Uh, Pillman says Merry Christmas, Dave. So Merry Christmas to you and your family, and we'll see you, I guess, in the new year. Thank you. Thanks, Merry Schlemmer. Christmas, Kev, yeah. Duke, all our listeners. And uh, thanks to all our guests today, uh, Sean Brown, uh, Mark Spector, David Amber, 
Uh, Zeke Thurston, man, what a run he is on. Four world titles. Uh, Johnny Boychuk, Greg Wyshynski, and, of course, our co-host uh, from 9 to 11 every Wednesday for Cougar Paint and Collision, David Schlemko, powered by Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for over 40 years. Check out CougarCollision.com. Top of the hour, it is uh, Fantasy Frenzy with... The former Roshep T-Bird. Connor Alley and the Duke of Delburn. From 12 to 2, it will be the lowdown with Helen Mitchell. At 2 o'clock, Jason Greger will take us home with the Drive Home Show. Jason Greger, 2 to 6, uh, check out the month of giving as it continues. A couple of great items today, including a little fishing trip, I'm told, with one Louis DeBrusque. And that'll be worth it. Oh. And Louis, he knows. Will Louis is one of the top outdoorsmen in the city. Really? Without question. Uh, top Ooh. of the hour, it is Fantasy Frenzy. Before that, here is the Duke with a Sports 1440 update. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. We're back here tomorrow, bright and early at 7. We'll preview the Oilers and Devils. Uh, have a great afternoon and a great night. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Here's the Duke with a Sports 1440 update.